Hey friends, it's Jen here. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's the third week of March, which is Women Making History Month. And if you hear a little background noise, I'm actually here at a local coffee shop, totally loving the vibes. <laughs> um, but I, in today's episode, I am actually positioned as the guest on my own show. It's actually the audio recording that I took from Kayla Yoder's podcast, Confidence in Christ. She was my guest last week and she shared the audio with me where she interviewed me on fashion and how the Lord pulled me into fashion and how as a woman of God, how can that look in our life? Why does it matter? Does the Lord care? Does that impact anything. Y'all, we actually really dive in. It's very lighthearted and fun. I share my story in the first half. And in the second half, we dive into the meaning, the importance, the impact of the way that we dress. And does God care? Why does he care? All the things. And so it's really super fun. I hope that you enjoy it. It's going to be a really fun listen while you're doing dishes or in your morning commute. So thanks so much for listening and make sure and share it with a, another girlfriend and connect with me at the links below. And don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast. It makes a huge difference. All right, let's jump into today's show. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Whether spring is upon us, New Year's is around the corner, or fall is on the horizon, we always have a reason to be digging through our closet and updating what we have to wear. But for a lot of people, it just feels a little rude going in the closet and looking at clothes that you just don't know what to do with. Many of the women I've worked with don't know how to choose clothes that will flatter their body or capture their style. And so she finds herself defaulting to jeans and a t-shirt or better yet, hmm, yoga pants. Listen, if that's you, your frustration is valid but I have a solution for you. You guys know I love fashion and it's because I've worked with over 9,000 women and have seen them come out of their shells and make sense of their clothes and feel not only amazing, but like they found themselves. Learning the basic skills to help their outsides match their inside awesomeness is something that changes your life. If you want help in this area, go visit jsamuelstyling.com. That's J samuelstyling.com and click the link to check out my less than two hours workshop where I drill down to the most essential information that you need to have a total style transformation in bite-sized pieces. You'll be surprised how some simple keys can unlock so much revelation and confidence in your closet. So go again to jsamuelstyling.com, tap the link that says check out my workshop and grab the workshop for less than the cost of a new pair of jeans and experience your own style upgrade while you ditch all the closet overwhelm. Let me help you find the style you'll absolutely love. Jenna Lee, I am so excited to chat with you today about uh, a topic that we don't usually talk about in our area. And I, I'm just so excited to dive into it. So thanks for joining me. Absolutely. It's so good to be here. Yeah. All right. So before we introduce you and things like that, um, my first question is always what your go-to book of the Bible is. So what is yours? 
everyday, all day Proverbs. It is the cheat sheet on life. I am telling my kids that all the time. I'm like, if in doubt, Proverbs. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Well, can you just kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are. Sure. Well, um, I am a pastor with my husband. We've been in pastoral ministry for 17 years, but before I married my husband, I was, uh, I grew up a missionary kid. And then in junior high and high school, I, um, I put a lot of energy into both worship and discipling my peers. And then I went to Bible school, which is where I really felt the call of God, um, more specifically, like discovered my giftings and really explored and discovered, uh, a very interactive relationship with the Lord. Mm. And I actually met my husband there over the phone. He was on my calling list and he was one of the youth pastors that I had to call. And so that's how I met him. Um, He's from India. And so I shortly after graduating, went home for a year and a half or so, and then ended up moving out here and we got married shortly later. So um, we have four kids. They are the ages uh, 10 to 16, four boys. And so that's a lot of fun, but um, yeah, the Lord pulled me into fashion back in like, okay, for, first of all, let me just say, I grew up fashion retarded. Okay. Like <laughs> there's no reason I should be considered an expert in fashion, but Jesus. So, <laughs> so in like 2000, well, I don't want to go into the story too far if you're going to ask the question in a minute. But anyway, so I got into fashion. The Lord pulled me into fashion. I'll dive into the story when you ask me the question. But um, yeah, so the Lord pulled me here. So it's something I've been in since about 2015, 2016, and has been a really cool adventure because the Lord's just fun like that. Yeah. Well, and I love that he can use someone who like fashion was not your thing. And he's like, oh, hey, by the way, this is, this is part of your mission field. Here you go. Right. Right. So weird. He does it. He did. It's so him. And you know, it's so funny though. I can look back. I was not allowed to look at fashion magazines ever. Um, I think one time I tried to buy a fashion magazine when I was in New Zealand on a missions trip in high school and my team leader, not even my mom, my team leader (laughs) took it away from me and never gave it back. I was like rude. And so I have never, but well, until now, now I have, but before then I had never owned a fashion magazine or anything. So, but I always did like pretty things. I pick my movies based on how colorful and cute the outfits are. Not going to lie. I really don't like Star Wars and stuff like that. It's just, there's no color in the movie. Like, come on, let's have a little more fun. So anyway, so I I've always seen those traces of that. I liked that stuff. And so the Lord, the Lord didn't waste my quiet secret desires. So that's sweet of him. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. And you didn't you didn't push those down and make them. So you're like, nope, like that can't be part of my life because I'm not allowed to do that. Like you allowed God to work through you just later on in life. So mm-hmm. um, tell us about how you got, how'd you go from someone who wasn't allowed to have a fashion magazine to styling over 9,000 people? Like how does right. God do that? There's <laughs> a fun story. So, okay. When I was a young mom, I had my kids back to back to back to back to back and growing up, I didn't know how to put a cute outfit together. I would look at people and I remember admiring girls at school who always had cute outfits and had new outfits every day. And I was like, how do they do this? And they just were like my heroes, but I was too bashful to ever talk to them. And I lived on hand-me-downs, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up a missionary kid. We didn't have money for that. Yep. And uh, so when I was a young mom, one of the girls in my youth group who was like, a sixth grader, seventh grader, I had her come into my closet and teach me how to put necklaces with t-shirts. That was like (laughs) 
the level of my fashion like growth was like, how do I put this chunky necklace with a basic t-shirt? And um, so that started me. And then I found this book called A Hundred Things Every Stylish Woman Needs in Her Closet by like Nina, somebody or other. And so I was like, oh, you can learn this maybe. And so I read that book and it was fascinating. So then when I was nursing my babies, I just started like learning on Pinterest and reading blogs. And my body was changing a lot from having babies, nursing babies, losing weight, gaining weight. I was, but I was determined that just because I was having babies, I wasn't going to lose myself. And, uh, and I was just determined. I still wanted to look nice. I still respected myself and I still wanted to look like I respected myself. So I was like, I guess I got to learn how to dress my body different. So that started this journey of me learning online. And so then a few years passed and I had, you know, started kind of learning some little tricks, learning some things. My, my style started improving a little bit. So then I started like telling all my friends how they should dress or like, Hey, when I think of you, here's some outfits, I picture, you know? And so I would send them a bunch of pictures and in a group chat and everyone's like, Oh yeah, that's the best. Oh, that's so great. You know, Pinterest was my best friend. Oh yeah. So then, so then I was at church one Sunday. 2015 and a friend who I I barely knew um, came up to me and she goes, Jen, she said, you know what? I have a friend who works for stitch fix and they're actually hiring in our area. You would be great for that job. And I was like, what is stitch fix? I don't, I've never heard of them. (laughs) And so mind you by now I've developed some fashion sense. Okay. For her to even suggest that. And so I looked up stitch fix, find out it's an online styling company where they send you clothes in a box, teach you how to wear it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was made for this job. I boss all my friends' closets around. This is the best (laughs) thing ever. So I applied and they did not have any stylists from my area. I was, I was the furthest out from like the main headquarters. Mm -hmm. And then I got one other friend hired and then they stopped hiring this far out, this far out. And they have not hired in our city again. So it was like, literally the Lord dropped the job in my lap. Yeah. Okay. So let me back up a second before that opportunity came up. I, oh, that's right. I missed an important part for like two years. Everywhere that I went, it felt like there was a spotlight over my head because random people on the street, literally everywhere that I went, people would be like, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. Oh my gosh, you always look so cute. Oh my gosh, would you come dress me? And I just remember thinking, do people know how weird this is that they're like (laughs) asking me to come dress them and they don't know who I am, you know? So, but it was so frequent that it started getting my attention, like, this is weird. Does anybody else experience this? You know, I'm like looking around and then, and then at the same time, I live in a very uh, prophetic culture. My husband and I teach a school of supernatural ministry. And so we train people how to hear God's voice, how to function in the prophetic. Our church operates in that. So there's a lot of prophetic around us. And so for two years, every prophetic word that I received from somebody had traces of fashion or style in it. They weren't all prophesying about it. They were like, one was like, I see you in a blazer and high heels. And what it means is the Lord is sophisticating you and he's elevating you and he's doing this and he's doing that. Another one was like, I saw you in this beautiful wedding dress and had all these beautiful jewels. There's a line of people behind you. And you took the dress off and you turned around and showed them like what everything on the dress meant. And I was like, what? So for two years, all these prophetic words that had something to do with clothing somehow. And so it just was enough to perk my interest. And I was like, what are you trying to say, Lord? But I realized he had to do that 
to get my heart in a place where I would even entertain Mm. an industry besides church, because I always knew I was called to ministry Mm -hmm. and I was all about the ministry. And I never would have considered a job outside of, especially in fashion, you know, because I didn't feel qualified and it just, it wasn't what I knew my calling was. And so for two years, the Lord prepared my heart. And then I have this dream, never had a dream like it than before or since in this dream, I won't go into all the details, but I literally felt like I stepped into heaven and it felt like heaven was sitting on top of me. Even when I woke up, it was the most profound dream, but the gist of the dream was that the Lord was preparing me. Um, and he was inviting me into a new journey and a new calling and that this new calling, not a not that it was negating the previous one, but adding two. And he said in this new calling that the Lord was going to position me among people of influence and I would be in more places of visibility. And um, it just, everything about it felt like, like Disneyland. In fact, that was part of the setting of the dream was Disneyland. And so it was just, when I woke up, I laid in bed and I just laid so still. And my husband was in the closet next to me. And I said, Stephen, I said, I feel like if I stick my hand five inches above me, it's going to be in heaven. I was like, I feel like heaven is sitting on top of me. I had the best dream ever. And so I got the dream interpreted, blah, blah, blah. But the point was the Lord was inviting me on this journey. So right after that was when I got an invitation to Stitch Fix. Mm. So I, I went ahead and applied at Stitch Fix and they sent me an invitation to come interview. And for whatever reason, I actually had hesitation in my heart about it. And so did my husband. And so I actually told them no. And um, I turned it down and I was confused. Turns out, I think the Lord needed to resolve some things in my heart about if we were having more kids or not. Mm -hmm. Once I got that resolved, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if that stitch fix thing was from you, then I need you to make it very clear that you were putting that in front of me Mm -hmm. that day. Stitch Fix emailed me three times asking me to reconsider. Oh my goodness. And I was like, I don't think that's normal. <laughs> and uh, fi- found out the woman who was interviewing me actually was leaving the company, but she oh, went wow. ahead and sent those emails anyways. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so long story short, I got interviewed. I got hired. Um, it was like the fast track to learning how to style people. It was a wonderful company to work for. Worked there for three years, styled 8,000 people there. Ended up leaving the job just because I, there was no way to continue growing in the company, no promotion opportunity or like, it just got tedious. And so I was like, you know, I want to start my own business where I can be more hands-on with people, you know, and not just be behind a computer. So that's when I started my own business. And at one point I told the Lord, it had been a while since Stitch Fix and I didn't have any real active clients present. And I said, Lord, I don't want to lose my touch. You know, I don't want to get out of touch with fashion and stuff. So I need some way to stay involved. So then a company reaches out to me on Instagram and they are out of Tel Aviv, Israel and New York City. And they said, hey, we'd like you to come be a stylist with us. We saw we found your Instagram account. We think you're fabulous and we would love for you to style with us. I was like, sure. I sign on with them after a month of styling with them, similar to what we were doing at Stitch Fix, different, but somewhat similar, all digital. And um, and I and I was giving them lots of feedback. And the CEO of the company jumps on a Zoom call with me and just starts asking me a, a bunch of questions. And so I was like. 
am I in trouble? Am I giving too much feedback? <laughs> and they're writing down like everything I'm saying, because I was suggesting ways we can adjust the platform or communicate with our clients, you know, to try to, I didn't know it was such a young company. I didn't know they were still building it. Oh. And so, so she said, uh, would you be willing to come on as a consultant and help us build our company? And I was mm-hmm. like, sure. <laughs> I'm like, is this a bad time to tell her I never went to college? <laughs> you know, and I was fashion retarded six years ago, you know? So anyway, so I took the job with them. It was wonderful. I loved working with them. I worked with them for a year. The company transformed. Um, We went from like zero to 1% conversion rate to like 85% conversion wow. rate, which is really, really high. Um, but I knew it was the Holy spirit. Cause he would give me ideas for the company. And then in the next meeting, the CEO would talk about it and say, Hey, we've been thinking about this. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, we need to do that. And the Lord would give me ideas, you know, whatever. Anyway. So I never went to business school. I, I was fashion retarded. And yet here I am styling for this company out of New York city and Israel and helping them build their $12 million business. So it oh was goodness. like crazy. So that was where the last thousand clients came from. I probably styled about, I don't know, 50 people locally or so. So anyways, that's, that's how I got where I'm at right now. It's all God. Like that is all yeah. God. Like as you kept going, I was like, well, it's like, that wasn't her. That was God. I, I yeah. love how he works through that and how he took something that was just a small piece of like interest in you and grew it because he knew that he had formed that beautiful gift inside of you that you could share with so many other people i i love that you're like i fashioned uh t-shirts with necklaces because like i'm still in that and i need help (laughs) so i might have someone else for you to style but no like oh good in in our area it's just not i mean not that we aren't stylish but it's more like we dress for comfort we dress for the cold because northern indiana is not the warmest place to live 90 percent of the year so it's Mm. all about just like it's not not the fashion capital of the world if i can say that um (laughs) when most of the community is wearing just dresses they sewed out of their own homes like that's not not us um yeah but i love that he used that and even if we live in an area that's not fashion oriented or fashion focused, like we can still clothe ourselves in who God calls us to be and, and do that in a biblical way. So how, how do you kind of um, transform from like say the fashion world to um, moving ministry into it? Cause in our area um, everybody always goes to that verse in first Timothy. That's like, Oh, modesty, modesty, modesty. Like you have to be modest. So mm-hmm. how do we, how do we just work through that with, with God yeah. and how to dress? Yeah. You know, the, the moment people find out that I work in fashion and I'm a pastor, they're go, Oh, so you're going to teach women how to be modest. Yeah. And I'm like, can we please get out of our religious boxes? Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I am actually a very modest dresser. Um, but I have fun with my clothes. When I got into this industry, I knew I was called to ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Lord, I am not going to put my time into something that I cannot see some eternal significance in. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, so you got to show me. So I searched the word. I was like, I need to see what God thinks about clothing and fashion and modesty and all this stuff. And, you know, the only scripture that I found that seemed to have any kind of disdain is a strong word. That's not the right word, but like almost like condescension towards clothing was that passage in Timothy 
But the reason why is because he's not even really talking about clothing entirely. He's talking about the condition of the heart in that passage in Timothy uh, chapter two. He's talking about true worship and appropriate worship. So the lens of that, most people don't know this, the, the city of Ephesus, who he's writing to, the culture is a Greek culture. In that culture, it's one of the only cultures where women were not oppressed, but they were actually considered like goddesses. And they were considered more powerful than men because they had all this great sex appeal and men wanted women. And so women had this cool power over men. So they considered women to be like goddesses. So in the context of Timothy, he's actually trying to counter some of the cultural norms. Mm -hmm. So in that sexualization, there was goddesses of, of sex and to have sex with the priestess in that in that religion was considered an act of worship it wasn't considered like this horrible destitute awful thing it was considered like the epitome of worship to have sex with the priestess and so for that culture that worshiped women and there was a lot of a sexualization around women he was trying to make the point here he's like hey women your beauty should not come from outward adornment like your culture, he's saying instead it needs to come from a gentle, quiet spirit that's precious to God, meaning that that your true beauty isn't about the seductive power that you have as a woman. Your true beauty is actually about the nature and character of who you are on the inside. You having confidence in Christ, if you will. Yeah. And so I just a lot of people don't realize that. So in the talk about worship, it's not even so much about, hey, don't wear this wear that period because you're a woman and now you're Christian, you know, it was contextual to the culture. And so every other place in scripture that I saw, I actually walked away realizing, oh my gosh, God cares a lot about what we wear. Because if you look, the priests had very specific things they were supposed to wear. God was the first fashion designer Thank you very Mm -hmm. much, Adam and Eve. He made them tunics. And that word is still readily used in the fashion industry, tunics. (laughs) Um, He made them tunics. And if you look, when he made them clothes, that was the first place blood was ever spilt in the Bible when he killed the animals to make them clothing. And so like blood was shed so that they could be covered so that their shame could be dealt with. And if you look at that Mm -hmm. shame, is one of the primary emotions that came in at the fall. Clothing helped cover their shame, which means it restored dignity. There's a key. Mm -hmm. And at the cross, Jesus dealt with shame. Ironically, Jesus was stripped almost naked. And in his nakedness, shame was there in the sin of the people. Shame was there. But the Bible says that uh, that he scorned the shame for the joy set before him, mm. he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And so I feel like the joy set before him was that he was being obedient to the father, fulfilling his call and glorifying the father. And he scorned the shame of the cross, meaning he would have nothing to do with shame. He was like, I'm in obedience. This is beautiful. And so I just think it's interesting. Clothing was there to help cover shame and restore dignity. And yet the lack of clothing was present when shame was felt. And, um, you know, scripture does talk about no one should look on your nakedness, you know. So there's even when we get to heaven and we have glorified bodies, we still have clothes in heaven, robes of righteousness, you right. know. So clothes are important. And there's even a passage in Ezekiel where it uh, it talks about the father um, found a baby, an abandoned baby, splashing about in its own blood. 
and that he grew her up and dressed her in fine linens. And um, in fact, the Proverbs 31 woman, it said she clothed her family in fine linens, that she even created clothing to sell to the merchants. Mm -hmm. And there's all these places throughout scripture that clothing was actually a sign of your status not in a bad way, your, your dignity. It was a mm. sign of your dignity. And so in my course that I teach, I do teach a, a short two hour course on fashion. And I, I explain like, Hey, what you wear is like a billboard to the world of how you feel and who you are and what you believe about yourself. But there's certain things I can't do, or I don't feel comfortable doing just because of the message I want to make sure I'm sending about who I am. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt me to just cover up a little bit, you know? So yeah. anyways, I feel like modesty is meant to come out of a confident identity that I am a daughter of God, like a queen. Like if I was a queen, yeah. how would I carry myself and how would I dress? I would wear good clothes and I would have high fashion and I would not, I would not, I don't know, dress like a skank. I just wouldn't. Right. Well, <laughs> can I say that? Yeah. You can say it. No, that's totally fine because it's true. Like, and we don't realize that. We don't realize our actual position in heaven. We are daughters of a king. We are princesses yeah. walking around being his hands and feet. Like we represent him. We are his ambassadors, Paul says yeah. in mm -hmm. all of the books that he writes. I think he mentions ambassadors almost every single time. Like we yeah. are there to represent Christ. And I love that God has used that and brought that out in you because honestly when we had talked before about like what topic to talk on this wasn't the first one that I was leaned towards but I knew that I needed this and that like my community needs this because mm -hmm. we might look at someone who dresses really nice all the time and be like well what has she got that she's trying to show off or what like and we just go into it with that totally wrong mindset when when yeah. we can look at it and be like no like we are representing Christ and not that we have to be on display at all times but we can be confident in who he has made us and we can show yeah. that through the way we dress um yeah. and in uh the sermon on the mount Jesus even says like God took the time to dress the lilies of the valley like how much more does mm -hmm. he love you and yeah. um just how like even what king solomon wore is nothing compared to the glory that God will dress us in with his righteousness and i think it's yeah it's just so neat to have someone bring that out and make that for today and not mm -hmm. for biblical times because i feel like we get yeah. stuck in that and that modesty bit gets pulled out and gets thrown in women's faces all the time and to understand mm -hmm. the context around it is so key like we yeah. it makes so much more sense knowing the context of what women were seen as back in that time so thank yeah. you one for just bringing the word <laughs> and for giving us context because unless we dive in we don't know that context and sometimes yeah. god doesn't reveal that to us he reveals it through other people so yeah first yeah. off thanks for again bringing the word giving us context and just kind of explaining that to us as we go through and one of the big things i know that you talk about is just basing our identity in christ having our confidence in who he has made us to be um how do we get focused on that versus like um oh, just how we see ourselves or mm. like, oh, like I, I'm not that special. Or how do we, how do we focus in on Christ's identity of us and not what we think of ourselves? Yeah. I feel like every time that our identity or 
confidence, I just love that word, confidence, (laughs) is challenged. It's an opportunity for us to choose. Mm. Okay, am I going to walk in my identity that God says that I am or am I not? And so, I mean, I've even challenged myself. Like people have people have got begun to recognize me as fashionista. That's what they call me, which I don't actually love being called that, but they call me that. So I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, um, <laughs> they call me fashionista, but they've just, it's a characteristic they've come to recognize. Jenny knows fashion. She likes fashion. She's fashionable. Yeah. Um, but I, I challenged myself and I'm like, Jenny, if you could never walk away from it, if you could, if, if the Lord said, Hey, lay down fashion, I just want you to be really simple. Um, if I couldn't do that, then I realized I'm drawing some identity from mm-hmm. the labeling they're giving me. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that applies to anything in our life, but yeah. I feel like the importance of being aware of what we're believing about ourselves is more than just fashion, how we look, or just feeling confident. It's about walking in truth. Yeah. Like, I feel like what's happened with fashion in where the church has said, oh, fashion, it's vain. I was called vain growing up because I liked being cute. That's not vain. Beauty is one of God's attributes and he mm-hmm. put it in women. And so when we walk in the beauty that he has given us, we're walking more fully in the attribute of God that he's given us as women. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, now where it becomes wrong, like any other gift is when it becomes Mm self-serving and when it begins to feed my need for significance, you can do that with money. You can do that with food. You can do that with success. You can do that with anything. And so it's just like anything else. It's about walking in true humility, which is walking in the truth of what God says about you, period. Mm -hmm. It shows up in this area, but it can show up in all areas of our life. And so for me, It is nice when people compliment me, yes. But what is more nice to me is that I know that at the end of the day, the Lord thinks I'm beautiful because of how I have behaved and how I have carried myself and how I have treated people. It matters to me what he thinks about me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not satisfying to get compliments if I feel ugly on the inside, (laughs) you know? Mm, And And that's where I think the identity in Christ takes on some flesh, you know, in a good way, in that. You know, we start to, because we can say that confidence in Christ or identity in Christ. And most women are kind of like, I don't know what the heck that translates to, right, <laughs> you know, yeah. what does that look like? In my life? And so that's what it looks like is like when I'm, when my security is challenged, here's a good example. I had a friend, she's a podcaster. She was invited to speak at her church um, for a women's event. Well, in one of the, and she had told the Lord, I would love to do that, but I'm not going to put my name on the table. If that, if that's something you want me to do, you're going to bring them to me to invite me. And so two months later, they sent her a voice memo and said, Hey, we would like you to do this. And she was like jacked excited because she's (laughs) like, God sees me, you know? So she's in a, she's in a planning meeting and in the planning meeting, they were going on and on about how expensive speakers can be, blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, at least our speaker this year is free. They never even talked about if they were going to pay her for her time or not. Oh. And she was like, what? And then they go, and we're not going to tell people that she's our speaker because we don't want it to be disappointing. We don't want them to have an opinion. They might be let down or feel like that wasn't a good plan. So we're just going to make it a surprise, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so after oh a few gosh. comments, I know <gasps> after a few comments like that, she stood up and she goes, Okay, so not only am I free, I'm terrible. Thank you. And she left. But and she went through a freedom session, you know, did all the things to deal with her emotions because that was an extreme level of disrespect. Oh, yeah. Um, But at the end of it, and this is where the confidence in Christ comes in. She said, you know what, Jenny, 
I'm still doing it. Have they dishonored me? Yes. Have they been rude and completely devalued? Like, do I feel unvalued by them? Absolutely. She said, but you know what? God put it together. I know God sees me and I may not have the endorsement of man, but I have the endorsement of God and that's what matters. And I'm going to go preach and those women's lives are going to be changed. And I was like, that right there is what, and that was the test for her. That was the test of the situation. Yeah. But that's what it looks like to have confidence in Christ. You know what? People may not endorse me. People may never give me another compliment in my life. People may never like the outfit that I wear. People may never, whatever. Does God approve? God approves. Okay. Then that's enough, you know? And Mm. so. Oh my goodness. What a powerful story. And that's so like, so tangible for us to understand is like, Mm -hmm. I mean, literally we could get nothing else, but God spoke to her and she asked for that sign. And he literally threw it at her like here it is and yeah the other people might not have listened to what god actually had them planned but for her to remember who she is and what christ called her to is just so important and we can we all not only can but we need to do that we need to remember what our true calling is whether we are in the workforce whether we're working at home whether we're homeschooling our kids like we are called to that good work and God approves of it. And when we can stand firm and know that we can be confident in what he has asked us to do, we shine so much more beautifully. And when that um, beauty comes from within, it just magnifies out of us in the way that we, um, if we allow it in the way we dress Mm -hmm. and in the way we just carry ourselves. So man, what a, what a powerful story. What the world or what the church has done with fashion and with clothing and dress and attaching it to vanity period is the same thing the world has done with what humility looks like where they feel like or where where we get the idea that humility is actually to beat ourselves down or self-loathing or um self-deprecation or whatever humility is about walking in the truth of who you are that's true humility walking in truth When you can walk as a beautiful woman of God, I propose you're walking in more humility if it's coming from a place of truth than if you're just trying to, than if you're trying to make yourself super um, simple looking to be more spiritual. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? If you're denying God, God made you a woman and gave you a nature of beauty. If you're denying that nature of beauty and mislabeling it as vanity, you're not walking in truth. Mm-hmm. You walk in truth when you come into agreement with how God has made you, what God says about you, what he's put inside of you. That's when you're walking in truth. And I would say even true humility. Last night I was um, talking with a friend and uh, God's really put this word in my head that's called toxic humility, where we mm. allow our humility to almost become toxic. And it does the mm. exact opposite of what humility is truly supposed to do. Like, we yeah. almost insult God by lowering, yeah. our, lowering ourselves so far that it's like we aren't even part of the equation anymore. Like what an right. insult to him that like, yeah, you gave me all these talents. You gave me all these gifts. You made me beautiful on the inside. But like you, I'm going to humble myself so much and give you so much glory that like I totally took myself out of the equation. It mm-hmm. required me to have obedience. Like you want to credit me for the obedience I had in following you and whatever steps you had planned out for me. Like it took my obedience and it took me listening and um, discerning your voice to understand that. And um, it's just, I feel like it's just that toxic 
humility. We've just gone too yeah. far with it when in actuality, yeah. when you have that truth and you're standing in the truth of what humility really is, mm-hmm. I, you just shine and you believe in yourself. You have so much more confidence when mm-hmm. you actually aren't kind of held down by that um, negative connotation of humility. In truth, we really are allowed to be beautiful. God asked mm-hmm. us and created us in such a way. So no, that was perfect. And I'm glad you threw that in there. Cause as you said, humility, I was like, I got to talk about that. I know that's yeah. speaking to me. I have to tell them about that new word that he gave me. So that, that's good. That's spot on. Um, I like that. You had mentioned earlier that um, you do styling courses. So for mm-hmm. those of us like myself who might need a hand, <laughs> where might I find that information? <laughs> Okay. So, um, I actually just finally launched it. I've been working on it since like, I don't know, April or something. It's taken me forever. Um, but it is available online. It's not very expensive. I made it very affordable. Um, it's two hours and it is at jsamuelstyling.com. Just the letter J for generally J Samuel, like first and second Samuel styling. Dot com and okay. that'll bring you basically to my link tree and it's uh it's one of the buttons on there it's the top one right now okay. and um it's in in it I cover basically after styling 9000 people there are these recurring themes and bits of information everybody has to have for their fashion to transform. And I just consolidated those most concentrated um, tools and put them into this course. And so oh, awesome. it is possible for, for people who want to learn, it is possible to go through this two hour course and have different fashion by the end of it. Granted, you got to go deal with your closet after that, but <laughs> you'd have the information and you'd have the tools. And then it kind of unfolds this whole world of exploring and learning. And so yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'll make sure and link that in the show notes below because I mean, I definitely need to go sign up for that and get some little <laughs> fashion help. Um, but I but I love that you offer that and that God is using that as um a form of ministry. Like what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank as you. we kind of come to a close, do you have any words of encouragement for us? Like if we remember one thing that generally says, like this is what you want to stick with us. I feel like my life mission which is teaching people the importance of hearing the Lord's voice, which I know doesn't directly have anything to do with fashion, but um, that is more central just to my heart is if we, it's central to what you teach confidence in Christ. How can you have confidence in who God says you are? If you don't even know what God is saying to you, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing his voice begins with being familiar with his word and reading his word. The Bible says that the, the word of God is uh, the sh- more sure word of prophecy. And so hearing his voice is essential through the word of God, but you can develop um, a sensitivity to the Holy spirit's counsel inside of you mm-hmm. um, as a way to have instruction for your life. And I wouldn't be in fashion if I wasn't able to lean into and recognize when the Holy Spirit is is speaking to me and granted, he ordered my steps. He does order our steps. Um, but I just, I want to encourage everybody all day, every day for the rest of my life, like nurturing the ability to hear the Lord's voice is essential. And I have some podcast episodes on that. So if anybody wants yes. to learn, I have podcast episodes on those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that would be it. And take, just taking the time to listen, like the Lord told me one time, I had three people within a couple of days ask me the same question. And they said, how do I, how do I hear God's voice? How do I know when he's speaking to me? 
And, um, and I finally, the third time asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, should I be telling them something different? This question keeps coming up. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, I was changing a baby's diaper when I was talking to the Lord about it. And he whispered to my heart. He said, generally, he said, first, my people need to know that I will speak to them. They need to expect that I will speak to them. And it it kind of blew my mind that people would not assume that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of makes sense because of how I've heard people talk. And yeah. so J- Jeremiah talks about that. He says, you come to me, I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. He promises to show us things we didn't know beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so I would just say for anybody listening, it's a key to your confidence in Christ. It's a key to success in life. It's a key to even having great fashion, learning to hear yeah. God's voice. You never lose your need for for the Holy Spirit's direction. That's a great word to end on. So thank you again for joining me today. Absolutely. It was good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple, and He wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.